0: Two different gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, my co-host. Who can take a topic, spin it with a smile, cover it in humour, and make the fans go wild? Luke Leddle, oh, he mixes it with wit, and he makes the world feel good. You know, so that's your Doctor Luke Leddle, Luke my co-host. Uh, I'm inspired by the Wonka movie. It's it's back in the, the, the zeitgeist Luke. World of shite imagination. <laughs> Come
1: with me and you'll see. <laughs> At Wednesday aren't very good, are they? <laughs> I'm good, Rich. It's uh, it's good to be back again for for this. Uh I think we're gonna put this out in 2024 in the future.
0: Ooh, Ooh. next year.
1: AI has taken over and it's solved all your problems. <laughs> all you're gonna do is just give your soul and sign this bit of paper, and it's all fine. And it's created a whole host of new ones. Yes, exactly. That's what it'll do. Um, I'm I'm good. Good to be back, and uh, excited to get into the last last remaining
0: chunk. Chunk it. Yeah. yeah. We've got we've got we've got ten players to go. We're going to look at both managers, and uh, we're also going to do some um, wild and uh, entirely uh, fact-free transfer speculation. So it's going to be an absolute treat. Um, mm-hmm. So to to wrestle us onto the task mm-hmm. of uh, of this last remaining chunk of players, uh, we have number forty-one, Deji Gasama. Jedi
1: Gassama. I do feel fortunate in reviewing Dip Jedi Gasama, I'm reminded that we have a lesser spare to our pacey frontman and Anthony Masaba. <laughs> now, this is exciting that we have a spare because I, I I, tell the kids recalling my formative years watching Wednesday that back in my day, when Jermaine Johnson were injured, you had an else. Yes. Indeed, we all bent to bed without our supper. He is definitely <laughs> not the same here to Masaba. He is a lesser player but he still offers some quick creative wares and has had a couple of appearances. I'm key to seeing more from him in the second half of the season when he gets more up to speed. I'm going to go for a B- for Mr. Gasama here.
0: Nice. He's an he's an interesting character. I think there's more to come from him. Um, mm. And uh, we've seen some really good little glimpses. His assist um, for uh, Kadamatri against... Uh, do I want to say Blackburn or do I not want to say Blackburn? <laughs> uh, let me, I won't, I'm going to, because this sort of thing annoys me. So I will, I will just double check. Um, but he's different in like, they're, obviously they're both quick boys, which is nice. We all like a, we all like a quick boy, um, but like he's, more quick boy. Little, he's more of like a little, he's more of like a little low center of gravity quick boy. Whereas Masaba's a big stringy, quick boy so there's 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 a marked difference there in in how they uh the mechanics of their quickness works um (laughs) so this has not helped me at all that's good qpr i i think it was against qpr Mm. he got that assist um he ignored the option of johnson on the left and cut inside and played his own very useful cross that uh that uh kadamatri Sort of beautifully scuffed into the into the far corner. It was one of those that was kind of hit in a weird way, but it, it wouldn't have been a goal if he hit it any different. Um, yeah, I've been broadly pleased with him. I think he's younger, isn't he, than uh, than Musaba um, as well? I think he's he's uh, he's maybe a year younger or something. You like can that. you can I think um, you can
1: see the difference in his yeah and his stature. Yeah,
0: um, but yeah, I've been I've been pretty pleased with what we've got. From him so far, I think it's there's it's pleasing. I think yeah, roughly. So he Masaba's twenty three. He's just turned twenty. Um, And in terms of the football they've played, Masaba's played about three times as much football. And I think that kind of looks you kind of see that a little bit. But I think whilst he's finding his feet, there's enough uh, reasons to be pretty positive about it. And another one that I'm really pleased is is our own. Player, you know potentially uh, there's there's a bit of money to be made there. Um, I like that you called him a spare, which made me immediately think of uh, Prince uh, (laughs) William's Prince Harry's book. Sorry, not Prince William, uh, Prince Harry's book. And obviously Uh... the main thing, the main talking point there is him putting thinking of his mother as he put uh, put uh, face cream on his frostbitten Willie. Um, So I don't know whether I would hate to speculate that Gosama has had similar experiences um but um i think a b is fair it's fair for him and i think we should maybe move along to sean mm. bernard number 17. oh good stuff i'm glad we're getting into
1: i feel like i'm getting warmed up with the previous stuff and then yeah. finally i get to say something nice that bernard <laughs> or dishy bernard as i call him was possibly the best transfer we made in the summer yeah. an incredibly classy operator at the back who has flashes of style at so many points and they're all the good points I'd like to add yeah. as well in that. Sometimes there's also at the other end of the pitch where he shows there's a decent repertoire of skill, big fan of his work and acclaim for one of the top performers this season. I'm going to go big here, Rich. I'm going to give him an A-. Nice.
0: Fair. Very I fair. Feel, I don't feel we've seen many negatives from the going from the man. No, no, I, th- I think that's uh that's a good point. He's a, uh... And again, he's a sort of survivor of of the Munoz regimen uh, in that he didn't look particularly he, – he didn't um, look terrible in, even under that uh, that regime. Um, yeah, really pleasing. He's been really good. It would be lovely to hear that we've extended his contract, although I don't know that the, it's fair to expect that to happen. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm that's the only slight thing is like, ah, if it was just, if it was two years, even it would feel, just feel that little bit more comfortable. Um, But he, uh, he's he's got the lot. Uh, He he really looks the business Um, and I'm sure he will have no end of suitors. Um, Yeah. A minus is very fair. Um, Number 13 is unlucky for some, but uh, is it unlucky for Callum Patterson?
1: Pato again is very Pato like. I feel that lazy version almost says it all about Callum Patterson. I also recall I've said and written some things about C-Top over the last few years I could almost drudge up again like a tedious clip show of the times I made poor-to-okay observation about the charming Scottish lump. <laughs> so, how is he looking coming into 2024 AD? Well, I wonder if the, the words of deceased Smash mouse singer Steve Harwell, that the years have started coming and they don't stop coming and we can almost <laughs> taste the bitter iron-brew juice seeping from his workhorse bones. Yeah. This reminds me it's probably a distance away from who we bought when we were here last time in terms of a note or two of skill and invention. I mean, he's always been a big, brooding clodder, but it seems like he has kind of a diminished a little in his footballing talents. There's always a call for work rates, and he can always answer that call and fill that space, but there seems little else for you to say that tells any great story. He gets a comfortable B-minus so far for his exploits.
0: Mm-hmm there's a there's a couple of players i think we might be further apart on than uh than the norm and i think this, this is it is i've it. actually this is maybe the first of them i i uh i've been fairly impressed with pato uh so far um mm. particularly under role i think he understands what is required of him and he's I mean, you could never level the criticism at Patterson that he's not trying. He just, um, he will give you his all. Um, and that's a very charming thing from a player that, you know, it's as a fan representative on the pitch, that's what we'd like to feel we would do at the very least is try very hard. And I, I, sometimes it really looks like he's trying, uh, Patterson, um, uh, and sometimes just trying my bloody patience. Um, <laughs> uh,
1: trying, try I think try he... patience on like a like a
0: kilt on a sporn. <laughs> Uh I think he's. Uh, I, I think he's been value for money in, in, in this season in terms of. Uh, we know he's not gifted uh into he's not a beautifully skillful player uh but i think he's provided that work ethic i think he's done a m- multitude of jobs under the various managers um there was one game under roll i think he ended up playing five different positions in one game um cuz and he'll do it he'll do it and he'll do it fairly well he'll do everything fairly well um but I also th- I I've really been impressed with him as a partner as a foil for Katimatri, Um and I hope I hope his um, concussion doesn't keep him out for too long. I, I hope we get to see that that sort of continue to to grow. Um, I'd be t- it's not a massive difference, but I'd probably be tempted to be at the kind of upper end of the the B scale, sort of B B plus. Maybe you go with B plus. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I
1: could I could revise my rating to to give him such a such a mark. Such a, such a heady heights. Yeah, mm. but
0: um, yeah, I, I I just he's done what what I would hope for and maybe a little bit more. That's my that's my thing. I think we, when we were sort of assessing the managers and we'll talk about it later, but Munoz wasn't getting the he was getting less than the sum of the parts. Um um and in terms of like yeah, performing, I think he's overperformed his his kind of base, um if that makes sense. Um Ooh, intriguing character up next, number twenty-five. He's one of our own, Cameron Dawson. He's twenty-five. Are you sure he's not number one? Isn't he a number one? Uh
1: maybe he's number one. I had him down as number one. That's why I was kind of confused. I was like, twenty-five.
0: I haven't done a review for a player who's called number twenty-five at all. Maybe he's not. You know, maybe is number twenty-one. Sorry about that. Yeah, he's twenty-one. He's, uh, uh, he's one on it. He's one on
1: another list. Let uh, let me. I got mine from the old wikipedia and the Adam down as, as... You're probably
0: you're probably right. I think you're he, number he, he, 1 Cameroon. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, yeah. no I think you're probably right. It's a bit strange that it Okay. Um, okay.
1: Well, different differing sources uh, uh, uh you know, aside I think yes. you I'd like to He's think there's one. not going to be a big difference between what yeah, me yeah. and you think about Cameron Dawson because, because again, I'm coming into another season uh, of different gravy halfway player ratings. Luke sits down to start the whole entire thing um, by another selection of written diatribes about players and how best <laughs> to start then Cameron Jarvis Baxter to Dawson. <laughs> Sharphead, owl listeners will detect that I did for some mild frill, create fictitious middle names for Cammy D Because <laughs> because what else can I honestly give the people in talking about the academy player who never left home? I feel like one member of one of those olden day TV car shows, like one of the Top Gear guys, you know, back when they actually do, used to do like car reviews rather than Mm. just gimmicky, fun, silly shit that people enjoy. So I pop the hood on the new VW Polo and then say, you know, it's a Volkswagen Polo. (laughs) Jay-Z once once said, what more can I say? Well, (laughs) let's try and get an image of who he is because Danny Roll Sheffield Wednesday is getting some mild additions to Cameron Dawson in this new version. I feel like, yes, his shot-stopping is still a little suspect, and to use an old Luke different gravy gag, he has a similar amount of clangers in him, much like the moon. <laughs> what is better? Well, somehow his distribution on the system is getting better, and following his huge penalty save away at Stoke, he deserves some plaudits. Um, we can look in the mirror and lament our creaking faces, our paunches, and our sagging eyes, but hey, we are still alive and our bodies still work enough. Cameron Dawson is currently on number one, and he isn't completely shitting the bed. Let's be grateful and make an average sandwich for Cameron Dawson. Uh, he can have a C plus
0: in my book. Uh, I'm t- tempted, seeing as you mentioned sandwich. What's he? Uh, what's he pulling in in the meal deal?
1: I think last episode, I think I talked about like a really average chicken sandwich, chicken salad mm. sandwich. I think he's. I think he's that.
0: I, you know what? I don't
1: understand the chicken salad sandwich. They always go with like a malted brown bread. Oh yeah, I don't get it. I don't like that. Do I don't know think it, I don't gives me gives me a bit of acid reflux. I think as well. Yeah, Inher- inherently about that, it's not good. I just don't you know understand it. You
0: get the one that, that's just like it's ham. It's just ham. <laughs> like it's forcibly just. <laughs> ham. I feel like that's what happens in the meal. Deal. Why? Why is
1: the employee of the uh, the boots like shoving it in my face? Shove, <laughs> trying to shove it, actively shove it down my throat.
0: What's it got? Has it got mustard? No, no, it's ham. It's ham. Just ham. It's ham on white bread. You won't like it, but you won't hate it. He is ham. Have ham on white bread. Um.
1: (laughs) You can have something good. No, you can't have nice things. Austerity. Time of austerity. Yeah, yeah. The Tories have got together and all agreed. uh, You've (laughs) got to have some fucking ham. Get that ham down your face.
0: (laughs) You're having ham on white bread. You're having a bounty bar and you're having and you're having a Highland Spring Water. That's what you're having. Oh
2: fuck! That's t- terrible. That is like, the
0: most joyless lunch I can imagine. Get out of here,
1: Cammy D meal deal. Cam- D meal
0: deal. You won't like it, but it's sustenance. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> when you just add it's, the hours and hours I've spoken it's calories. About. <laughs> Oh, what what more is left to be said about Cameron Dawson? We know what he is. We know what he does. I somehow I'm still shocked at the the blunders. Yeah. Um because I think he sort of does okay for long enough that you sort of forget that the blunders are just around a corner, and mm-hmm. then and then the blunders. Then the blunders, the blunders. Uh undoubtedly, uh, as you say, that save against Stoke, undoubtedly won his points. Undoubtedly lost us points in several games through incompetence and lack of concentration. Um the 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 Cardiff game, I know there's differing views on the first goal, but the second is it's it's abysmal goalkeeping. It's not good enough for somebody who plies their trade in the second tier of English professional football to to not deal with that. It's fizzed in, it takes a little deflection, it should be easy to palm wide or keep hold of the last thing you should do is palm it straight out in front of you and as always he gets up like a zombie or a mummy being raised from the dead a thousand years after their burial like he doesn't get up quick you could be a keeper that spills the ball if you're a keeper that gets up really quickly and gets on your toes he doesn't. He lumbers up so slowly, and by that time it's done. Um I I desperately hope we we find better in this January window. I feel like Ooh. that could be the difference between us staying up and not this season. It definitely would have put us at least three points closer to our peers, I think, if we hadn't if we'd had a better goalkeeper over this festive run. Um although, you know, he did well. The one thing, and this is not really a praise for him, but um, the defense are so worried about him ever facing a shot that they do go to great lengths to try and save him. You know, heads, arms, feet, bodies are put in the way to stop Cameron Dawson having to save a ball uh, because heaven forfend uh, he 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 gets the chance to th- throw in one of his clangers. Oh um, yeah, I'm just sick of talking. I've, I'm I wish I wasn't in 2024. Twenty twenty three, turn my Cameron Dawson. Yeah, we've seen it. We know. I- I've watched this back. You know, this is the s- sitcom that's had ten seasons. I know what it's like. It's uh, it's ba dum audience laughter, ba-dum-ba-dum, audience. You know, like it's, it's a rhythm. It happens. Um, yeah, okay. In th- th- this is the next interesting uh, character to to consider. Now is. Number five, it's Bambo number
1: five, Bambo Diaby. Bambo Diaby is a man who forgets, shares the same last name as a lesser-seen Sheffield Wednesday squad member, Momo Diaby. Uh, <laughs> the joys of seeing him sign and taking the number five squad number for a mildly joyful Lou Bega gag was probably the pinnacle of any enjoyment I have had from the man so far. For sure, <laughs> I also scraped my brain for the memory of him signing and giving a huge beaming smile in his first interview. The first impressions were some larger-than-life, charming bulldozer who'd come in and batter down the door of the opposition defenses from set pieces and our hearts in the process. <laughs> Unfortunately, it seems to have locked the keys to our own defenses in the opposite way with a series of chunky howlers. <laughs> Miraculously, he's kept his place, but thankfully there hasn't been more dumb decisions. By the way, listeners, I wrote this before his absolutely awful, awful own goal howler that he gave. <laughs> Around the Christmas period. I can't remember exactly. Is yeah. that the twenty-third? Who was that against?
0: Uh,
1: anyway. We anyway. can we can look that up and say, yep, yeah, that was that was just woeful. Anyway, going into this, I say it's miraculous that he's kept his place. Um, I mean he's quick and seems to mop up a few opportunities and has some basic defensive now. Outside of that, I'm generally unsure how he keeps a place in the team above the Heckway. I'm going for a C minus here.
0: Oh wow. well. Well.
1: I quite like him, Luke. <laughs> is this the, is this another one of the great, great differences between the two of us?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I would stray a million miles, to be honest, from, from C minus. Why you just go as far as C. Um, I just, I feel like one, I think there's a, there's, I think there's enough upsides, but you need to be really, careful in how he's used uh and that might be it might be that that's too difficult to work particularly on our our meager resources but I, I think that big bull battering ram energy could be can be harnessed could be harnessed um but you need to have players around him to you've got to be aware that there will be mistakes made um i think a heck is a good counterpoint because It is hard to justify in a one versus one why you wouldn't go with Hekwe. I think if that's the if it's a binary choice, then I'm I'm absolutely on board uh, with that. But I think if we're playing a three, I think you can facilitate Bambo and take all of the good stuff and not worry too much about the bad stuff. Yeah, Um, I I, he's he's wholehearted. He um, he is an absolute unit. Um, but we haven't managed to make any I don't know what his goal scoring record is like prior to joining us. That nobody, none of our defenders ever score goals, unfortunately. But he feels like the sort of guy that should get goals uh, from time to time. Um, so yeah, I I don't want to completely bury him because I do I like his I like his whole hearted sort of attitude. he's not yeah, he's never never really got goals, to be honest. Sorry, just looking at it. Um He's only ever scored 3 times in his whole career. He's had about 100 matches. Yeah,
1: you feel like he should be doing that though. Yeah.
0: Um yeah. but he, he does remind me of Reader Johnson to an extent. Um but maybe not as good. Uh, that I suppose that's the, the I, I I can't uh, I can't vouch for what the what the ceiling of his talents is. Um but I I do quite I do quite like that that enthusiasm still. Um right. Um next up is number 42, Bailey Kadamatri.
1: Hmm. I don't know if there's not doing
0: a podcast on a weekly
1: review of Wednesday's Patchy and Poor Second Antics as a blessing when I think about reviewing the young academy promised starlet Bailey Kadamatri. I also wonder how much I need to learn his last name and how secretly I don't want to talk about him for my own terrible but human folly of almost calling him Bailey Delamitri. <laughs> Alas, it turned out that Wednesday's cupboard of knacker yard 30 gold frets was depleted. It was a good move when Wednesday had a right time to roll to Bailey. Uh. Now let us circle back to some of Luke's fears here. We have seen plenty of false storms through some mild prompts of the press and the perennial dumb refrain of, Just play to kids. Um, we've also seen the son of David come and disappear for a criminal compensation fee, and now alighting the championship with Ipswich Town. So it shouldn't ever be a surprise that similar to a random pretty girl smiling at me, I'm keeping my expectations low here, <laughs> saying that he has been awesome. The boy is very much a man physically and has offered demands of the championship and Danny rolls pressing philosophy. Beyond that, the ball knows where the, the boy knows where the back of the net is and kind of has this sturdy, striking resilience. He gets in positions and finds a way to put it away. I'm tempering my expectations for the future here. But for right now, let's look back in this part of the season. I'm going to give him an A.
0: Nice. He's how, been also uh, oh, going. How many goals
1: has he scored now? Is it f- five?
0: Oh, five.
1: And also got a nice little assist
0: against uh, Preston in that move. Right. Very nice assist. Yeah. Mm. I, th- I think um, let's have a see. They're saying three, but I don't know that that's right. Hmm. I feel like he Yeah. I feel like it feels like more than that. But um, it does feel like yeah. That. Um, no. But he's been one of the the kind of unalloyed uh, positives about this season. I think that's, that's fair to say. Um, obviously there is that little bit of your heart that pulls for these players that come through the Academy. They are that they're, they're special for us. They're very rare. Um, so it's nice to see him come through. I think it's, it's good to have that note of uh, tempering it as well, because we've had a couple of uh, false storms in that regard. Um, I'm looking at, uh, Red Deer's own uh, Kaylin Lavery as uh, someone who burst onto the scene looking like an absolute star and then sort of uh, winnowed away to next to nothing. A trend as brief as
1: his Flappy Bird goal celebration. right? Yes, yes. Uh, and the, okay. the app of the same name
0: as well. Drew Talbot similarly kind of uh, shone bright for a short period of time, uh, although he had a very good long career both of them had very good long careers in in league football so you know they won in the in the grander scheme of things but in terms of being uh, forwards for wednesday um it didn't really bear out um but yeah he uh, I, I i had the um I I had the cardiff commentary on I was watching that cardiff game um remotely and they were full of praise for him uh which was really nice to hear from a from a sort of neutral or third party uh they were just saying you know he looks like he's got the lot. He's um, he can he's got pace to get in behind. He's strong enough and big enough to mix it up with defenders. Um, I think he's also getting better. His positioning looks like it's improving, and he's 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 learning. So he's not just um, he's not just treading water. He's uh, building on on what what he's shown initially, and yeah, has, has a has a bit of a nose for goal, which is the thing he can't really teach players. Uh, so and. Couldn't have come at a better point for us, really. He's uh, we we would we were in desperate need of somebody to, yeah. to lead the line. And he's thankfully um, grasped that mantle, and uh, I, I know we're expecting changes during the transfer window. Uh, I'd expect a striker to coming in to be one of those, uh, but I hope he doesn't get lost in the. I'd like to continue giving him opportunities in the the second half of the season. I think he's earned that right. Um, So, yeah, so uh, fingers crossed on that front. Um, Next up is number 10, Barry Bannon. Uh, I think the years of warmth in our hearts around the very own
1: wee Scottish man, Barry Bannon, has probably taped over some cracks of reality. I mean, I think we all knew full well the day the Diddy Tartan magician were reduced to his powers – but somehow it seemed in our heart of hearts that would be a privilege to see him trot out his late career with a club that has loved him and showed him what a special football club Sheffield Wednesday is. I guess we never considered that what would it look like as his little legs never looked that pacey and we could dream back to John Sheridan pinging balls around the box, around the pitch, from a six-foot-squared box in the middle of the park. Bannon is maybe showing us hints at the end of his powers this season. Admittedly, he has had nearly half of his season dropping deep, trying to bail Wednesday out in a clueless money offside. Yet, there is that is a fair chunk of things, and he just seems to touch off the pace of things. Still, there seems to be enough good in place and forthcoming to potentially out- get us out of this mini-league of shits. Overall, collectively, I think I'm going to go for a B for Barry.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, in a way, this man is 34 years old now. In a way, mm. he's wearing remarkably well, um, because he's not a there's this kind of grace and elegance to a certain type of athlete that makes you think that they can play Somebody like Patrick Vieira. Just everything looks effortless. And the, the, you know, the, the, he had an extra gear, but the kind of meat and potatoes of just moving around a football pitch just looked very easy. It it, it kind of a languid, easy style, that sort of player you can imagine. And um, Pirlo is a perfect example, kind of, Played until he was like forty at the top level, but sort of flew across the ground, almost floated, and like just had a very light impact in the way he played. It's not been Baz Barry Bannon. It's all hard work. He's a little Scottish terrier, and everything is effort and and uh, and, and hard work. Mm. And to say that, I mean, he's held up remarkably well in terms of quite often he's the guy leading the press even if it's the it's late on in the game he's i'm I'm glad to see to be honest he, a few times we're we're giving him the chance to rest he's coming off later on in games which is when you tend to pick up those injuries you sort of exert yourself too much um but i i think on the on the grand scale of things he's he's wearing remarkably well um uh contributions to big moments we've not had many big moments overall but he's tended to be not far away when we've had them I do think you're seeing his powers wane in that regard in that he's being taken off set pieces he's not always the guy playing that killer pass you know the goal against Preston was was kind of example of that he was nowhere near involved in it and uh, there's more of the more of the goals don't involve Bannon than I think ever before, uh, which is good because you shouldn't rely on just one guy. But it also shows that to an extent, I think his uh, yeah, his his powers are on the wane, although uh, it still feels like there's a good amount of uh, of life left in him, to be fair to him. Way more than I thought we could probably think about at this at this stage in time. Um if he's fading, he's fading slow enough that uh, that we could, we've still got a lot to work with. Um, okay, we now have uh, Anthony Musaba, number 45. Number Oh we Finally get to talk about the reason why we're in double digits of
1: points. Now, Grant is yeah. very much a team game and the wins have been struck together as a collaboration, but how many times can we look to the pivotal goal or stroke of excellence from Anthony Musaba being the difference yet again? He's a slightly strange player in that I think we've had a lot of pacey winger frontman roles uh, that have either won our hearts or made them hate them over years. Brian Laws once said about wingers is that you have the saying, like, wingers, you want that you either kick them or kiss them. (laughs) Now each one of these players possess their own personality, and I want to pop the hood on Musaba. He is pacey, he has a slight touch of that classy languidness you see in cultured ball carriers. He doesn't seemingly have the best invention, but he does come up with the odd telling and sensational moments. And I wouldn't say that he's an exceptional finisher, but he's definitely good enough and he's a remarkable standard to get into great goal scoring positions. All of this sums up that he's a 7, seven to eight out of ten in a wealth of areas to always possess some tool to unlock a defense and friend the goal. Just an awesome sign, and he adds so much to our attacking game. Congrats, Anthony! You win the Luke Leddle Rate Player of the Half Season. Mark he gets an A.
0: <laughs> Lovely, I love it. I uh, well, we talked uh, pre- in the kind of transitional episode where we were talking about managers. He to me was the sign that all was not well in the Munos, uh, uh, r- you know, the the, the, the Munos managerial period because I. Th- just felt like there was a player there, and we weren't getting to see the best of him. Um, and, I, and I don't want to sound like Alan Partridge, but uh, I, I feel like I've been proved right by the, his his progress under under Danny Royal. Um There's just so much to like about him. I think he's a I think he's a really good, honest player, which doesn't always come with wingers. I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, it's a lot of Fair or foul with wingers, and when they lose the ball, they've they're given the license to lose the ball because you want them to take on their man in a way that other players aren't. And when they lose the ball, obviously everybody's up in arms. When they when they beat their man, everybody's on the edge of their seat. Um, but I think beyond that, I, I think he he works hard. He's surprisingly good at tackling back. Um, I think he's happy to do jobs for the team that maybe don't allow him to shine all the time uh he sort of led the line on his own previously um and then uh yeah i've just been i've been impressed with him overall and as you say the goal scoring is is a real real facet to to his game uh popping up in the right positions uh finishing when he, instinctively when he needs to um and a couple of really good you know his 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 sort of breakaway finish um played through by gasima was was uh was very, very good um, a couple of games ago. So he's got a lot to him. Um, I also think he doesn't waste the ball that often. I think, as I say, I think it's, if he's told to go and take on his man, he'll keep taking on his man, whether he's getting any joy out of that or not. If that's what he's told to do, he'll keep doing it. But I think if he's told just to keep the ball ticking over, he's quite good at just, holding the ball for a couple of seconds and then feeding it off to Bannon or one of the other midfielders um in a way that i don't think you can always rely on with with wingers i don't think gussem is there yet in terms of that reliability uh in possession so yeah a lot a lot to like about him um i don't obviously the the signings were just so scattergun i don't know how it happened this summer uh but with the the uh, the infinite number of of uh, of chips Typing away, uh, transfer requests i have really pulled out a shiner in in, uh, in in Anthony Musaba, which I'm really pleased about. Um, <laughs> the uh, the flip side of scattergun recruitment is you end up with uh, number twenty seven, Ashley Fletcher. Now that you, dear listener, and also dear co-host Rich, can
1: decipher that piecing these reviews together as podcast can be compared to a fictional brown guess, so this fictional uh, brown gas, that's a rather special murky gas, is one that actually clouds up your sight very faintly for a diet and pooey tint. And you may be <laughs> shocked to breathe it in, but if you would, then fear not that you lose consciousness, but you'd probably need a small micro nap to just kind of clear off any kind of malaise. <laughs> so what could possibly bring us both out of this malaise? Why it has to be an absolute disaster of a loan signing in Nashley Fletcher. Fletcher comes with that beautiful and promising championship caliber, having hopped around championship clubs with huge permanent transfer and loan fees attached to his name, and you think surely he will wake from his slumber and seize the day. Well, he absolutely does not. He is a woeful, woeful footballer, one that makes Wilkes look exciting and forward-thinking and also makes Jeff Hendrick look like he has some minuscule crumb of comfort for a sweet last-minute finished. And maybe deserves some lick of a discarded mince pie this festive season. But you know what, Rich? Fuck him. He gets an E. <laughs>
0: well, some genuine anger there.
1: Yeah. I I uh, kind of felt that kind of general um, general malaise and like, oh, Ashley Fletcher. I've got to talk about Ashley Fletcher. I'm going to talk about uh-huh. Ashley. And at the end of it, I was like, nah, fuck the guy. He's terrible.
0: I. I cannot believe how how bad he is. I don't know whether it's an injury thing or a mental thing or both of those and something else. I just don't know how this man has plied his trade as a professional footballer. He's never been below this level, and he's played some games in the Premier League. He's unbelievably bad. He's just no good at anything. He can't pass. He can't shoot. He can't head. He he can run. That's about it. I just don't. Uh, do you remember there was a player? And this might I, I might have to throw in a few allegedly allegedly parodies here. But there was um, I want to say his name was like McCann or something like that. Um, Gary something. He he, he his Scottish player played for Barnsley amongst other clubs. Um, and basically what happened to basically what happened was. He'd failed a drugs test for taking cocaine, but you didn't have to disclose that when you signed transfers. So he, he signed for about three clubs when he was banned from the game. Um, and wow. they didn't find out until they got him and they like tried to register him. They're like, oh, this guy's got a drugs ban. And um, the fact that I've entirely failed to remember his name helps in terms of the allegedly allegedly um but there was like an expose about drugs in football like it was a bbc thing and they took they talked about this it it wasn't grant mccann but it's that sort of figure kind of thing he's a forward um kind of tall and flicky blonde hair um but yeah with fletcher it's almost like is this like a scam that people just keep like, oh no, he's completely terrible. Like, just like a, I don't know, like a cut and shut car or something like that, that people just keep moving, keep pouring Somehow off. managing to find somebody to kind of like pull the wool over and get rid of him and move him on. And then you're just like, oh, thank goodness I got rid of the the cursed penny of Ashley Fletcher. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the the uh, monkey ball,
2: the, the uh, that ch- is Ashley the, Fletcher.
1: The Chucky doll that is uh, oh, Ashley
0: Fletcher. He's. It's just remarkable how bad he is, yeah, like uh, staggering um, I can't imagine Watford will want him back, uh but if we can send him back, we should absolutely be uh, be jumping at that opportunity um so the last player to to uh for our consideration is number twenty three Akin Fano. oh, I think the biggest conundrum of Wednesday season lies with Akin
1: Fawell. A player who looked to be of some promise, class, and solidity in the promotion season looked to be a decent contender for helping make up a back four or continuing slot in the back three that Wednesday do so seem to love. What I didn't expect after seeing a fine season from Marvin Johnson and a largely bright inaugural season for Rhys James for, for those options to be firmly fired away from the first 11 in the canon and installed with a solid fullback as CB idea in Akin Famao. Not that he is evidently criminal or poor, it just always feels to be a scale of not his real position to a perfectly alright performance. In a sense, of consistency is almost a standout performer, but yet it just lives in a role that he doesn't really belong, and he's never made it his own. It is just fundamentally hard to find whether he's a success or not, and most of that call isn't down to his own performance. He marks up a very murky and confusing B for me.
0: I think that's fair. Yeah...
1: He must he's have playing. played he must have played the most minutes out of all Wednesday he's, players this season. Can you can you right rank the players by minutes because it must be him and Bannon.
0: He's right up there. I think it's uh I think I saw that the most uh matches played is Musaba, but I don't know about most minutes. This is uh this is incomplete wow. uh the thing I've got annoyingly. Um but yeah, it's I don't understand why he's I don't understand the thing of putting him at left back, really. Um, Yeah, does seem a very decent left sided centre back, uh, which has its uses both in a two or a three. But we, um, yeah, more often than not, he seemed to put be. uh, This is not uh, sorry. This is not complete, but it puts Bambo at uh, most minutes played, then Famo, then Bannon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I think it's about a game or two behind. It needs to be updated.
1: Right. I can uh, see on soccer base he's made twenty-one champ- 22 appearances overall. One of those was League Cup. The other one. So 21 championship appearances. That is a uh, a, a very much a lion's share of yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Game, the 25 games I think we've played so far as, as of yeah. recording.
0: Well, it was one of the strangest things. I, to be fair, I do think he's getting more comfortable playing that left-sided birth uh but it's starting from a pretty low base uh but it was weird to see it be one of the things that roll kept doing after munos yeah. I, I just thought it was going to be one of the things that, that would absolutely be thrown out with the with the change um and i think more often than not we have gone with the attacking option of of johnson um but uh yeah he's done all right but as you say it's 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 a bit of a kind of Fish out of water thing of him being at that left sided center, uh, left back position where he's played more often than not. So I think B's fair. Um, so we drag ourselves onto the managerial uh, positions for a bit of an assessment. Um, mm-hmm. So, first off, the last king of disco, Sisko Munoz. Sisko Munoz.
1: Oh, Shishko, Shishko, Sisko. When we were <laughs> first introduced, I enjoyed his charming sartorial style. I enjoyed hearing about what beat and affably it was at the beginning and how he was loved at Watford. I loved earnestly taking the time to pronounce your name and I enjoy going Shishko as though I've just come up with the name of a kebab supermarket. And by the way, imagine how good that would be. It (laughs) sounds like I'm writing a love poem to a summer romance and I'm probably just building narrative towards the epic breakdown. Ever seen Blue Valentine? I haven't. In my current state, I don't really want to engage with something that depressing, but I imagine it is similar. However, in the Owl's Valentine, though the opening five minutes would stretch out with that romance is happening with an average, charming chava with little build-up and backstory, and the remaining four hours would be a heartily dull, catastrophic disaster. Well, here is another story to add to it. Do you have a friend who fell in love with an absolute charmless turd of a human being and then proceeds to rip your friend's life apart? Yeah, that. Shishko Munyov is that. Mm. Let me expand on the negatives here. Belly any great sprinkling of any attacking mouse throughout the games... Tedious lineups that make zero sense with oblique choices that are mind-numbing as well as anger-inducing. Gregory on the wing, anyone? How about his charm going south very quickly when he prickly answers local journalists with very bad and anger-inducing answers? Let's close in on here, especially when there's questions about missing players that would definitely be better than the shite we have seen on the pitch. How about playing a footballing style that seemed to give more expensive and talented teams in this league free reign to wave their dicks around willy-nilly? The time teams have given they pull out a dated pop dance move before they put us to the sword. I would have been surprised had Hull cranked out a cheeky Gagnum style while we stop and watch. This point about playing style is interesting as there are clearly many ways to play football and having a press isn't everything, but fuck knows which one we were picking and it's easy to Mm -hmm. see it not work when you give the teams all the time in the world to do their thing against it. Everything else was just how painful and tedious it all was and how we watched it unfold, like someone making a Subway platter, which were actually all made of turd sandwiches in 4K in slow motion. He gets a G, and I'm sure he earned plenty of those from us in his salary and severance for helping demolishing everything we built from last season.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm laughing, but it's gallows humour. It was uh, dark times. It was bad. Yeah. Uh, I've I've just I've, ne- I've watched a lot of Wednesday teams. I've watched a lot of bad Wednesday teams. I've never seen us look as disjointed, aimless, clueless as we did under, under Munoz. It, I genuinely don't know what he was saying to them as they were sent out to play games because they just didn't... There's nothing. There's no... All of the, like, connective tissue that games are, and teams are built around just felt like it was missing. And as you say, not pressing, but not really marking anyone... I, I just would love to have known what the plan was, if there was any plan. I do think part of it was just a sheer incoherence. Like, he was so poor at communicating with the press and the public, I don't know how we could imagine it was suddenly great behind closed doors. Um, I, 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 in some ways, I we know obviously why he got the job, uh, because he had a previous promotion and probably was willing to do it for a bit cheaper than anyone else. But in other ways, you just look at the man who's currently in the post and just think, how on earth, when you were faced with these two options, did you pick Munoz? Mm. It's staggering, really. (laughs) And I know there's an element of finger in the air, hope for the best, whenever you employ a manager. Uh, And I'm sure they all talk a wonderful game. But I just don't know how seeing the demeanour of the two people one screams competence and knowledge and um, speaks with an, a quiet authority. The other one just seems like a buffoon, and I don't know. Yeah, I'm amazed. I'm amazed that we made the decision that we. It was it was vaguely explicable when we when we'd not spent any time with Roll. The more time we spend with Roll, the more obvious. It, I mean, it, it it should have been that that was the that was the option. But um, yeah, gee uh geez fair um woeful what just truly a terrible terrible manager um 12 games no wins four four draws eight losses spectacular failure yeah makes uh
1: makes tony pulis look appealing doesn't
0: it <laughs> it does It does. um so we move on to the man currently in post danny rule and the question
1: is there is that transition rich how do we ever move on from when you off to roll um similar to what you said rich is what i've written that's why i left. it still staggers <sighs> me what a crazy development roller coaster from a managerial appointment that seemed like a bland and uninspiring choice to someone who's just so exciting and promising
0: mm.
1: ever since he came in there was just this overwhelming positive aura surrounding every piece around him i don't want to make him out like he sounds like some cartoon savior who is like a second solar power makes flowers blossom when he walks past or farts butterflies but I've got to say, there is a positivity that even existed around him from his reputation. And then he just wonderfully continued that narrative when he was hired and introduced to him. Now, none of this has ever been completely fairy tale honeymoon stuff. Rollers made the errors that we feel we've seen others made before. And there has been missteps and holistic errors. I cannot kind of speak to the game as missed it, but I get that Millwall was pretty bad. I still mm. feel that for the best of what we we have, we can never pick an ideal team. But there have been a couple of strange choices possibly in very Sheffield Wednesday managerial fashion. And also a few performances that have been subpar or held in inconsistency. Still getting a lot of consistency out of these players is a challenge with a fairly limited squad. Mm. So there have been boo-boos, but let's focus and get back to the positives. The energy and the pressing is phenomenal. Suddenly there seems to be giving ourselves the option of winning the ball back, and it just feels like such a huge mentality shift that brings us forward. It's kind of like Roll, just refreshing, energetic, practical, and positive. And I feel like this approach and mentality has given us a chance to push games and find that extra gear. Suddenly, we have located Bottle, and we have found that with last-minute goals where we had already waved the flag long ago. There is one thing which I don't know if I should bring up here. It goes to the overall positivity built here, and I'm unsure how much this speaks to Roll, but I just think the setup of the coaching staff seems incredible. It really seems like a well-crafted group to try and get that extra bit of orange juice squeezed out of these players. I think there's a lot to say about Roll's vision and who he wants to bring in here to make it happen. And I think any coaching team that bears success and has a feel-good factor surrounding them makes the fans want to engage with them more. I mean, the shot of Chris Powell hugging Masaga is a mark of something good going on. Mm. So I know that he's absolutely the best person for the job right now, and I'm super impressed with what he's doing. I'm sure, I'm sure there is so much that he is trying to do and achieve with these players, but ultimately, I think people are buying into the core ethos and philosophy that he's trying to get across and is largely more successful than it isn't. And even when it doesn't seem great, then most of the time we seem to actually be competing in football now. As a final thing to say here, I think it means a lot to the fans about the energy and how he conducts himself, and it's made for a very beautiful relationship with a fan base that is insane to see. All of this gets him to a B in my book currently
0: lovely stuff yeah absolutely um I and mean, it's it's night and day in terms of so many so many things um, clearly a plan from from very early on uh a, a, an identity established in to, in the, how we want to play the the game of football which uh you could argue we didn't really have a clear identity under Moore even um so it's, it's it, that's great progress um but just yeah the way he handles himself, the way he navigates interviews. Um, I am fascinated by, uh, like, there's so much. I hope somebody writes the book, gets the inside line, and writes the book on this summer, this season, because it's not going to be a magnificent, we're not going to get promoted. We're not going to get, there's not going to be a day out of Wembley to kind of write a book about. But the ins and outs of how we ended up making this transition but also just yeah it's not just making the change of one person it's that whole team around him we've got several people that are have been managers previously on our coaching staff um which i don't really remember ever happening before and somebody like chris powell uh he loves it here he loves it after the, the the preston game he's going mad with the crowd um and yeah, that him hugging Musaba. I that's a guy. This is a guy that he's had his own managerial successes. He's been assistant manager for the England team. He's got a successful career away from the the football pitch. In that he's got he gets commentary gigs. He's the one. He's the commentary voice of Ted Lasso. Uh, I was reminded yesterday. <laughs> um, but he's decided you know whether it's roll whether it's wednesday whether it's the combination he's decided this is something that's worth his worth his time worth lending his energy to and he's bought in wholesale um it's really amazing to see uh and it just you know it swells the heart with a, with a bit of pride and the tr- the tricky thing is we start so far back I, I sort of said this when we when we made the initial change but we could they could perform miracles, and we still go down because we started with we started with less than like more than a points deduction worth of of a. a we gave everybody that lead, um, and so things could be do. We could do remarkably well and still not make that mark in terms of staying up. I hope we can. I think we can. Um, I hope we will. I think we can. Um, but that I think we've got to keep that caveat there that. It might not even be a reflection, but but this January feels pivotal in that way because I do think oh, we Munos underperformed; that we were less than the sum of our parts. I think Roll has managed in his period up till now to get more than the sum. So I think we've won games that we probably on paper maybe shouldn't have, um, and we've competed in pretty much every game. Uh, I think I think the Millwall game was a misstep, but that happens it happens you also don't know what was available in terms of personnel and things like that um but if we can if we can get two or three championship quality additions that could be a major major difference between just falling short and and maybe having a surprisingly sort of comfortable end to things like i can see it going either way really It'll, it'll be just falling short or we kind of end up finishing 14th or something and kind of going what were we worried about uh yeah. the, there's there's but but I think the quality of recruitment might well and how many of these players come back from injuries successfully will be the the telling thing there um but I've no doubt we're going to get our worth out of what the players we have the team that ends up on the pitch and that's that's a great testament to 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 Roll and the team he's built around himself um just seems a great character seems a great character um and you can see that he's sort of got this magnetic appeal to others who have got are steeped in the game which uh, which really speaks highly to him um yeah anything more on that do we want to do a bit of transfer speculation we've talked about january a few times it's kind of the looming uh elephant in the room as it, as it, uh, as uh, regards to the season as it as it stands yeah. we, do you have any expectations do you have um... what, hopes
1: I mean, I, I definitely think there's another front man to come in. We didn't expect the revelation that was uh, young Bailey was no. was going to be. Um, I'd like to think, think there's more to come from Michael Smith whenever he comes back from injury. Yeah, and that'd be good. Um, I think Windas owes, owes us a lot, but I think Windas will chip in with mm. some goals, whether it's enough, I don't know, for his thing. So I, I think it, it is very much a kind of a mini a mini smorgasbord of bit part players at um sheffield wednesday strike force but i do think we'll sign another striker i imagine after what we talked about gregory will go maybe there'll be some other kind of people we can bit part players we can kind of pawn off you know interesting at backinson there is interest there i'm sure if anyone would come in we'd just be like yeah sure like yeah you want to yeah yeah how can we help facilitate that and because it it just seems i i'm, I'm sure wages is a big thing I imagine he's probably not very, you know, he's not commanding a big chunk, being that we signed him, trying as a youngster, you know, on League One League One terms. Yeah. Um, But just just gives us... I, I don't think it's so much like the freedom regarding kind of wage bill. I'm interested to see what Chancery would think about that. But more kind of about squad positions, that seems to be the big thing. Um, Yeah, I don't know what else. I mean, do we definitely I, I I'm curious I, I think there were news about us I think I was messaging you because that was in the press about who is the Brighton goalkeeper?
0: Oh yeah, yeah
1: James Beadle yes so uh Joe Crown at the star was saying that um I understand that the Brighton goalkeeper potential target. interestingly enough like someone who I kind of like I, I don't think was kind of like really popping up on the uh, <laughs> the Brighton kind of Wikipedia. But he's um, he's been on loan at um Oxford United.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: And um they they might potentially recall him to see him kind of uh recall him to get him up in the championship. So don't know much about him, but uh, again I'm I'm happy with another goalkeeping option. Yeah. Um and then question about question about whether everyone's gonna go back. I feel like I'm basically repeating what we kind of said in this episode. I mean, do yeah, so, you yeah. do you feel uh, do you feel, Rich, that there's any other business? Sometimes you feel, sometimes you experience emotion. <laughs> do you feel there's any other kind of business that you would want? So we're looking at a goalkeeper, we're looking
0: at a striker. What else? Anything else you'd be happy with or you want? Particularly if Backinson goes, I think we're a bit threadbare in midfield. I think we probably do need a bo- another body there. Mm. Um, I th- I think more important than, I, I-, I think it's fairly obvious. We Yeah, I think a goalkeeper. I think a midfielder and I think uh centre forward are what we need fairly clearly. It's mm. the calibre of those players. I think if we get good quality options there um, that kind of are able to hit the ground running, then that's going to be a huge, if we do our usual thing of, Oh, do you know what? This person hasn't played for 18 months, but they had a good season 10 years ago. Uh, you know, what's the point? What's the point signing those players? We've got, six of them. Um, I'd probably rather give young players a try. Uh, But yeah, I I think we need somebody in the Volks kind of mold. I think we need another defense minded midfielder. Um, If they can play a bit, that's nice. But the the main thing is a bit of tactical discipline. Um, A goalkeeper who can pass the ball would be fantastic. Um, Mm. And then some sort of goal scorer Uh, I don't know what the natural fit for Kadamatri is. In a way, you sort of feel like, oh, well, if we got some big hulking monster who can win headers and flick things on, that would be great for Kadamatri, Musaba and Gassima because we've got a lot of pace up there. Um, So maybe that's the sort of thing we're looking for. I don't know. Um, Yeah, be interesting. Uh, And then maybe we've got room for another wild card sort of... Signing from some Bundesliga reserve team uh, that comes comes in and <laughs> excites us, maybe mm. a, an attacking midfielder, somebody to sort of fight for a space with Windass potentially. Yeah, well, there we go. That's our mid-season review. Mm-hmm. Apologies, it's a bit later than uh, maybe uh, would have been expected, but uh, there we go. We've uh, we've we've run the rule over them all. Um, I had a really important point that I'd written down that I forgot until now that uh, I meant to say when we were talking about Bannon. Do you think people are ribbing him about the fact that he's trying to be like a cool boy, like uh, with his with his tiny shin pads, having played his whole career with normal size shin pads? Do, uh, do you think it's a bit sad at 34 to suddenly be trying to be Jack Grealish? I don't know. He's, he's tried the
1: hairplugs, hasn't he, as well? So there's clearly uh, a <laughs> <it's transformed. laughs> Hang on to some crumbs of youth, I guess.
0: Yeah.
1: I haven't noticed that. Like uh oh has that been in the press? Is that made? Is that made? It's
0: not been in the press, but it's uh I, I've noticed. Okay, yeah. you've noticed. Yeah. I just I've noticed more players doing it. It's a bit like the kind of coloured boots or white boots thing, you know, you're like suddenly like centre backs are wearing white boots or bright yellow boots, and you're just like, oh come on. Those are for the fancy boys. But the fancy dance, not for not for you. Yeah. I just feel like with Bannon it's like, yeah, if you've played your whole career with your short your your uh, normal shin pads and now you're like, No, I'm not copying Jack Grealish. I, I it's my idea. I've always liked these. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> oh, right. I'll say Cheerio. Um yeah, look after yourselves, folks. Um we will Presumably the next thing will be a, a postseason. Uh, so uh, we'll say cheerio for now, and uh, we will, we'll look, yeah, we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks everyone. Thanks, Reg. See you. Pleasure as always, Luke. Okay. See you, everyone. Bye bye. <laughs>
2: In the annals of football law, the tale of Salbeau's first great triumph is often recounted with a mix of awe and reverence. It was a pivotal moment, not just for him, but for his young-ish ward, Cameron Dawson, and their team, Sheffield Wednesday, fondly known as the Owls. The setting, a blustery December day, with the chill of the air biting and the wind howling like a chorus of lost souls. The owls were struggling, languishing at the foot of the table, their spirits as low as their ranking. The match against Stokes was more than a game. It was a fight for survival, for pride and for redemption. As the game progressed, it became clear that this was no ordinary match. Every pass, every tackle, every shot, was charged with an urgency born of desperation. Then, as fate would have it, the moment that would define the game arrived. A penalty awarded to Stoke City. The stadium held its breath. The weight of the moment was palpable. But amidst this tension, Cameron Dawson, guided by the wisdom of Salbabo, was a picture of calm. Bibbo, with his immaculate research and keen understanding of the game, had prepared Dawson for this very moment. He had studied Stoke City's players, their techniques, their preferred strategies in penalty situations. This knowledge was imparted to Dawson, distilled into a clear plan of action. As the Stoke City player placed the ball, Dawson remembered Bibbo's words, his advice echoing in his mind. He knew where the ball was likely to go. The whistle blew, the player ran up, and Dawson, fueled by Bobo's guidance, dived to the correct side, thwarting the shot with a spectacular save. The crowd erupted in jubilation. Dawson's teammates swarmed him, their faces a mix of disbelief and gratitude. That save was more than a mere athletic feat. It was a turning point of the game. It galvanised the Owls who went on to secure a famous victory, climbing from the foot of the table and breathing new life into their season. Salberbo's triumph was not just in that save, but improving the power of preparation, research and belief in one's players. His influence on Dawson in that match became a defining moment in both their careers, a testament to the fact that sometimes the greatest victories in football are not just on the field, but in the hours of unseen work and unwavering faith in one's abilities.